Truth Espresso, episode 150. Hi, this is Daniel Minnick, the host of the Truth Espresso podcast here on the Christian podcast community, hosted by Striving for Eternity. Christmas is just around the corner, and you still haven't figured out what to get that family member who has everything. Why not try my new book, When the Watchtower Knocks, discussing an encounter with Jehovah's Witnesses? No, it's not some boring textbook. It's about an actual conversation with those dudes at the door. Learn what they believe by what they actually said. My brother John and I walk you through the dialogue and give comments along the way. The Trinity? Armageddon? Michael the Archangel? The Torture Stake? It's all in there. When the Watchtower Knocks is available in paperback for $8.95 and Kindle for $2.99. You might want to put it on your wish list too. Treat yourself and your loved one to a read that is both fun and informative. Get When the Watchtower Knocks by going to truthspresso.com slash jw. That's truthspresso.com slash jw and finish that Christmas shopping list today. Hey there, friends, fans, and lurkers. This is your host, Daniel Minnick, uh, ready for the first Christmas episode of the Christmas season here on Truth Espresso, recording with my sweet and beautiful co-host, Chelsea. <laughs> your wife, Chelsea? <laughs> Yes, my sweet. <laughs> yes, it's important to know that uh, you're my co-host. Yeah, okay, I gotta I better mention that you're my wife. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for reminding me that, sweetheart. <laughs> yes, my sweet, beautiful wife and co-host, Chelsea. Oh, and thank you for doing this again with me, sweetheart. Oh, <laughs> thanks for having me, babe. Oh, and and this episode is actually your ideas, sweetheart, and we're going to talk about Christmas traditions and basically our favorite Christmas traditions, if there's such a thing as good traditions and bad traditions, or, you know, and even answer the questions about should we even have Christmas traditions? Should we even celebrate Christmas at all? And yeah, because it's not uncommon if you're a Christian and count other Christians who may not um, have the same ideas about Christmas as you do, but yeah, we're ready to talk about Christmas traditions, sweetheart? <laughs> yes, sounds good. <laughs> okay, yeah, so when it comes to the Christmas holiday, as I mentioned, there are some people who would say that you shouldn't celebrate Christmas, and what are some of the reasons for that? Well, it can range anywhere from, well, we don't know for certain whether Jesus was born December 25th or not, so we shouldn't celebrate his birth on a day that he wasn't born, you know, got to have those birthdays accurate and stuff like that, (laughs) to Christmas is just a pagan holiday and celebrating it is bringing paganism into the church and stuff like that. But, (laughs) you know, do you have any other 
<laughs> I don't know if maybe that covers it all, but you know, have have you heard any other arguments from maybe friends or family or other people in their church as to why, you know, not to celebrate Christmas? <laughs> yeah, I think those two basically covered it. I think the families that I was aware of their problem with Christmas were just specific things. Like it was okay to celebrate Christmas, but you couldn't have a Christmas tree. Oh, yeah. Or it was okay to do Christmas, but you couldn't have presents on Christmas. And so, yeah, it's interesting Mm -hmm. all the different views or things that come up around this time and just kind of talking through it and seeing, okay, are these good traditions to have or not? Yeah, I definitely grew up as, as a kid knowing families who wouldn't celebrate Christmas. And yeah, they would have both the complaint that Jesus wasn't born on December 25th and also that it's a pagan holiday and stuff like that. So what about December 25th? You know, how did we get that? Well, I think it's in the mid-4th century where there were some early church writings that would claim that Jesus was born on December 25th. And it kind of turned into, in church history, you have the Eastern Church and the Western Church. The Eastern Church was the more Greek church. The Western Church became the more Latin Church or Roman Church. And Roman tradition says that, yes, Jesus was born December 25th, and Greek tradition says no they mostly the greek orthodox churches will celebrate christmas in january january 7th if i remember correctly (laughs) but so they celebrate they have a christmas day that they celebrate but they just have it on a different day But yeah, so we're going to present in this episode that we believe it's okay to celebrate Christmas and there's no right way or, well, I could say there are wrong ways to do it, of course. You know, you don't violate God's principles in it, but it's okay not to celebrate Christmas. It's okay to celebrate Christmas as long as you keep it um, biblical and (laughs) don't make those who claim that Christmas is pagan, you know, see you doing obviously pagan things, you know, for pagan reasons. But if it's, you know, you keep Christ and Christmas and, you know, and you do it for goodwill and stuff like that and don't worship idols, then, you know, it should be okay in in our understanding to celebrate Christmas and whether you even do it on December 25th or not. Yeah, so it's kind of interesting that with Christianity in general, unlike the religions of the world, we don't really have much emphasis on mandated feasts and holidays or because when it comes to Christmas, it's perfectly okay to celebrate it or not to celebrate it. There's no test of Christianity, historically speaking, whether you do or don't. And I think that's one of the liberties of Christianity because it's all about celebrating Christ. And, you know, as the Apostle Paul says, some people regard a day above another and others don't. And, you know, if you have it, have it to God. And, you know, so that's what it should be all about with Christmas. (laughs) So what are some of the traditions or like favorite memories you might have growing up around Christmas time? Oh, yeah. Uh, This is kind of funny. I do remember when my brother John and I were younger, little kids. You know how kids are. You're more excited 
<laughs> for Christmas. So you're always the first ones awake, you know, in the wee hours of the morning. And then one of the things that we would do is we go to the tree. Sometimes we would try to guess at what some of the gifts were by the shape, the weight, you know, maybe do a little shaking on some things. But we tried to be a little conservative about that, unlike other people that might like break things. But I remember sometimes if there's wrapping paper that happened to have a little bit of a <laughs> a rip or something, then we try to look down the hole to see if we could see what it was. We would also sort things, sort all the gifts into piles according to the recipient. I know our parents would say, well, that takes the fun out of dishing things up from a big pile. But, you know, it was like, <laughs> it was kind of like a fun thing to do to observe what these things were in the process of sorting them out. And then we can kind of see like, wow, look at the size of my pile. <laughs> Stuff like that. How does it compare to your pile? <laughs> yeah, that was kind of a, a fun tradition as a kid. As I got older, I wouldn't wake up as early. Then eventually sometimes I would be the last one awake and, you know, at the, <laughs> And then it's like my mom would be like, get up. I want to open presents. Come on. Aren't you excited? <laughs> <laughs> what were some of your uh, Christmas memories, cr traditions, according to when you were growing up, sweetheart? <laughs> well, I think the biggest one was our Christmas season was crazy busy because mm. we were in ballet growing up and we had the nutcracker season. Oh, so. Yeah. It was very full of I bet. <laughs> ballet and performances. And so once all of that passed, then it kind of felt like, oh, now we can finally focus on Christmas. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that was probably one of the major things that stood out. One thing that I did like that our old neighborhood used to do, I think you saw this too, where they would do the candle luminaires around the cul-de-sac at mom and dad's old house. And oh, yeah. So they would like set <laughs> candles and paper bags up and down driveways yeah. and all along the sidewalk throughout the cul-de-sac mm. on Christmas Eve. So they'd burn all night and it was really pretty. <laughs> Yeah. Kind of cool to see. I'm like, man, we need to start that because we live on a cul-de-sac. Oh, yeah. Where I grew up, we're kind of way out near the woods and we didn't really have next door neighbors with our house. You know, it's like a lot of the houses around the area were just standing alone, surrounded by trees and stuff. So we didn't have that kind of thing where we grew up. But yeah, it sounds like it'd be fun. One thing I liked about growing up would be the candlelight services because it would kind of help you get in the mood of Christmas the night before, you know, Christmas Eve. The church would have a candlelight service and they'd sing Christmas carols in church. You know, they'd have congregational songs. Some people do a special. We do more congregational songs. Some other people might do a special and stuff like that. But yeah, you just feel the spirit of Christmas, you know. You know, and then you'd go home and get excited, try to be able to get some sleep before you, <laughs> uh, you know, wake up on Christmas morning. But <laughs> yeah, we used to do Christmas Eve candlelight services too. And it seems like that's not as common because mm. before it yeah. seemed like you would see so many pamphlets or church signs that would advertise a candlelight service, but it seems like those are fewer now, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> One of my favorite traditions, too, 
Christmas caroling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that was like, <laughs> that was instrumental for how we kind of got together too, you know, because, yeah. you know, if you listen to the episode that we did about how God wrote our love story where we first met playing volleyball for singles Friday evening, which you say you don't remember that much, but what you do remember the most is the second time we met and it was when a bunch of us at the college were going Christmas caroling downtown and we kind of walk around downtown while we're all singing Christmas carols and yeah, that was kind of fun. <laughs> and I got to know you a little bit as much as I could, kind of talk while I'm walking and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> whenever we get together and get ready to sing and we're all paused instead of marching along you know like okay i gotta get a chance to talk to her <laughs> yeah so christmas caroling will have a warm part in my heart because of that <laughs> <laughs> that's good <laughs> but i like that christmas caroling was kind of a community type yeah. of thing where people would come out and either join in or just <laughs> wave and it just seemed like there was more of that christmas like you were talking about christmas spirit mm. around and now it seems that everyone is so I think especially with all the craziness these last couple of years, yeah. people are just more isolated and mm. are more like leave me alone yeah. type of thing. And it's just kind of sad. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I miss that <laughs> yeah. part of being able to say hi or yeah. <laughs> wave or to neighbors more. People could be more neighborly or even strangers you don't know in the city. You know, they're just like, hey, here's the common bond. We love Christmas and appreciate someone singing a Christmas carol and stuff like yeah it's like I feel like I know you because we relate to this song and stuff where it's like now people would be more like okay I just want to stay home and maybe drink myself <laughs> drink away my sorrows or something like that yeah yeah unfortunately but <laughs> so Christmas caroling definitely one of those um, enjoyable Christmas traditions what are some of your favorite songs since we're talking about Christmas carols? Favorite songs. So, so I'll divide this into <laughs> listening. Okay, so for listening, I grew up every year. My mom would love to bring out these classic Christmas albums. So, you know, Bing Crosby songs, Nat King Cole and Burl Ives. You know? <laughs> so Bing Crosby, you know, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas and I'll be home for Christmas and stuff like that and Burl Eyes I know <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. It's not quite your favorite Christmas song, but have a holly jolly Christmas and, you know, get stuck in your head and uh, <laughs> want to pull your hair out. <laughs> but yeah, all those classics from decades ago, you know, it's, I always enjoy listening to them, even though I have, it's like I have it all in memory. I know exactly the cadence, the words, the way they sound and stuff, but I still like to listen to them. <laughs> Are there um, some of your favorites for listening, babe? <laughs> <laughs> well, first, before I tell my favorite, do you remember when we would sing the Christmas songs from that with the boys? <laughs> and their yeah. favorite one was... Oh. Is it Melikaliki Maka? That I've only heard Bing Crosby sing that one, and but yeah, and you would sing it so much like him. <laughs> All right, so yeah, you I have could. to do a little bit. <laughs> you have to do that. Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, I try to imitate Bing Crosby and stuff, but I don't know how I can imitate it through the microphone here. <laughs> well, we can try, and if it doesn't work, you can cut it out. <laughs> Put me on the spot. Melikaliki <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Maka is the thing to say on a bright Hawaiian Christmas day. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Good job. <laughs> and it's like, I know I can imitate Bing Crosby's voice, but so many times if I try to do it, you know, if someone wants to hear it and I don't want to do it, then I'll, I'll laugh so much that it's hard for me to get, get yeah, it just right. It makes but, your vocals uh, like constrict. Yeah. Uh, well, good job, I, I remember that, you know, at the college, and this was, I know it's before I met you, sweetheart, but they used to have this uh, singles Bible study with the uh, pastor there. And at Christmas time or at his house, we'd have like the final singles Bible study of the semester there. And instead of the, an actual study, we'd have kind of a Christmas potluck, but then we'd also sing uh, some Christmas songs, and I remember there was a charismatic type guy there who would play the guitar, he'd play the music for it, and then when the pastor asked, was asking for favorite Christmas song for to, to sing, and then I asked, anyone know Melikaliki Maka? And it's like, people laughed, like almost no one knew it, but then the guy who played the guitar knew it, so then we were both like singing it there, and the pastor was like, whoa, that's really cool, I've never heard of that, and, and it was like, <laughs> you know, we're just having fun with that, and I'm like scowling, wondering, like, come on. Hasn't anyone here heard Bing Crosby in the classic albums? You should know this song. (laughs) And then, yeah, we'd also mention the Irish song. Christmas in Killarney. That's what it was called. (laughs) The holly green, the ivy green, the prettiest picture you've ever seen. It's Christmas in Killarney with all of the folks at home. You know, that song. And (laughs) and, yeah, it's like no one else knew that one either. (laughs) It's like one of those fun, ethnically specific songs. (laughs) Mm. So that's favorite songs for listening. Do you have any... uh, favorite songs or listening sweetheart i don't know i love christmas songs <laughs> the only ones i don't like are the ones that are like more modern <laughs> ones like santa baby oh. <laughs> that one makes me want to hurl oh, yeah. <laughs> like, i think i heard I a bit know. of that re- one recently but. yeah <laughs> but yeah like as long as they're the traditional Christmas songs, Bing Crosby, like even um, Mannheim Steamroller. Oh yeah, I like Mannheim Steamroller. <laughs> and I like, like their Carol of the Bells. It's yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> and Celtic Christmas yeah. ones. Yeah. Like I don't know. I think they're also very beautiful to listen to. <laughs> yeah. So as far as favorite songs, like actual favorite songs for whether you listen to it or sing it, you know, my favorites are like, okay, so I divide this up into, <laughs> you know, the the music of it or the lyrics. So my favorite song for music is Oh Holy Night, like the tune of it. I, I really like the kind of majestic and positive tune to the song there and of course you know there's also mary did you know 
<laughs> which yeah, I'd like to talk about that one for like the next episode, you know, because it's one of those controversial songs. People have their opinions on the lyrics of that and whether it's theologically accurate or not. But it's a gorgeous song <laughs> as far as the music and stuff. So those would probably be my favorite for music. But my favorite for lyrics is actually Hark the Herald Angels Sing, and particularly for the second and third stanzas of it. So people just sing the first one, like the first one's good, you know, but the, the second and third actually are pretty deep theologically because they talk about that he's God in the flesh, you know, it's the incarnation, it mentions the Trinity, it mentions, you know, he's the Messiah, and he, you know, it quotes scripture, you know, it mentions from Malachi, he, you know, he comes with healing in his wings, and yeah, I, I just, you know, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, you know, hail the incarnate deity, and, you know, salvation, and, you know, the incarnation and salvation, mm -hmm. stuff, yeah, I just, I just love the lyrics of that song because <laughs> yeah. you could pretty much preach it while you sing it <laughs> what about you sweetheart <laughs> yeah I, I don't know i mean i think overall my favorite song is oh holy night mm, and yeah. then it's hard to beat that one yeah <laughs> and I, it has good message too i i really like the third verse of that um i really like the part chains shall he break for the slave is our brother and in his name all oppression shall cease you know it's mm -hmm. like he's the deliverer you know he's the one where he brings equality you know on in his name you know and you think about oh, so once he rules the world you know everything's gonna be right but he brings liberty and you know i just love that part <laughs> mm. and my other favorite song is what child is this oh, yeah. <laughs> is yeah and another good one that has a good tune especially because it has celtic <laughs> yeah. irish backgrounds yeah. <laughs> but also the words in it just proclaiming who christ is mm. i think that's really special <laughs> yeah I do like the We Three Kings, because I know all the verses of it, you know, you have the first verse about the three kings, then you have second verse about gold, third verse about frankincense, and gold, uh, you know, bringing gold because he's the king, bringing frankincense because he's God, and bringing myrrh because of his death and, and stuff, so I, I do like that too, but... <laughs> <laughs> Ding dong! Jehovah's Witnesses. Ding dong! Mormons. Christian, are you ready to defend the faith when false religions ring your doorbell? Do you know what your Muslim and Jewish friends believe? You will if you get Andrew Rappaport's book, What Do They Believe? When we witness to people, we need to present the truth, but it is very wise to know what they believe, and you will get Andrew Rappaport's book at whatdotheybelieve.com. Okay, so should we talk about how do Christmas traditions reflect Jesus or can some of them reflect him or not? And take, for example, the Yule log, you know, like I know that came basically from German Nordic kind of pagan traditions, you know, like celebrating basically burning it for luck and stuff like that. And really there's nothing Christian about the Yule log. Now I'm not going to say if someone burns a log in their fireplace or gets a 
special eulog and burns it that it's like worshiping satan or something like that you know i think a christian can or if you have you make a the eulog cake or something like that like i don't see anything wrong with that but it's just i don't see anything historically christian about it so it's like one of those things that you don't really recognize as a specifically christian tradition for christmas but at the same time i'm not going to say that it's wrong you know for some as long as someone's not doing it superstitiously you know um maybe there'd be like logs that would be called yule logs that have like colorful things inside that and once you burn it you stick it in your fireplace and when you burn it down to a certain spot it'll spark and show colors or something like that then yeah fun (laughs) fun stuff it can be fun too but as far as that tradition, I don't think there's anything about it that could really point to Jesus. But yeah. mm. so, what about the Christmas tree, sweetheart? <laughs> Is there anything right or wrong about that? Or if it's wrong, can it be right? <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> you picked that hard one for me to answer. Uh, I personally like Christmas oh. trees. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. we have several of them in our house. <laughs> And the number of them grow over time, too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, to me, like, it just reminds me of one of the historical reasons they found that people have Christmas trees, is that it just brings hope. And I think that that's kind of what the Christmas trees remind me of, is just, Mm -hmm. like, the hope that we have in Christ. But, yeah, there are quite a few um, historical accounts of pagan worshiping of the trees and you know like that aspect of it would go against what god says in his word that you know we shouldn't have idols or worship things other than god and so that part is definitely wrong but it looks like there's quite a few things that came out of the pagan practices with the christmas tree where you know the one were representing hope because the evergreen tree is one of the rare trees that actually grows in quite a few places it actually grows in all 50 states which is kind of (laughs) amazing yeah and hence the name evergreen it doesn't change or lose its leaves and go through the hibernation period like other trees do during winter time so a lot of people saw that in the dark cold winter days that this evergreen tree gave them hope that okay summer and spring were just around the corner and that god was still providing for them god was still there And I think there were some other papers that I was reading about, too, and just how the Christmas tree can, being a tree, also represents how Jesus was born to die on a tree for our sins. And that's kind of what I tend to go with um, about representing that Jesus ultimately, that's why he was born. That was his purpose to come and save us from our sins by dying on the tree. Mm -hmm. And kind of that's what I teach our kids too, (laughs) is that's what that represents. (laughs) Yeah. Because I think some people are so super, you know, kind of the flip side of superstition. They're superstitious about, like, if something came in the past, you know, that wasn't Christian, then somehow it poisons Christianity if Christians ever use anything that, you know, has any kind of a past. And we know that God is the creator of everything. And so, you know, if just like pagans had the wrong idea about the sun, how it would, during the winter soul, they think the sun died and then was resurrected you know stuff like that but 
you know, we know, you know, how the Earth's tilt on its axis and stuff like that affects how the sun rises in the horizon and changes from the winter to the summer and (laughs) stuff like that. But, you know, just because a pagan used an evergreen tree doesn't mean that evergreen trees are intrinsically evil or can't be used to celebrate truths about God and Jesus Christ. And so, yeah, there are some Christian traditions, including Christmas, which if pagans were celebrating things, Christians, in order to preserve their faith, if there's pressure there to observe things while they're living among pagans, you know, they would, (laughs) in some ways, in secret, observe things according to the faith, you know, and recognize, okay, well, we'll use this for this stuff like that and i don't think there's really anything wrong with that christians didn't worship objects you know clearly from history we know that they didn't i mean now we won't get into the iconoclastic controversy and stuff like that the second vatican council or you had images and icons and stuff like that that came into the church which we as like type of protestant we don't really like the idea of christians treating icons and images as instruments of worship But if you put a tree in your house and you decorate it and all it means to you is a decoration, it's not an instrument of worship. (laughs) You don't burn incense to it. You don't pray to it. You don't worship it as a god. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) And it's just a festive decoration for the Christmas season. I don't see anything wrong with that. I know that some people who are against Christmas trees, whether they're against Christmas in total or just the Christmas tree, will often use Isaiah chapter 44, (laughs) where it talks about pagans cutting down tree, and they'll say, there's your Christmas tree, but you know, you read the details of that, it has nothing to do with a Christmas tree. It clearly describes and depicts the Canaanites, the way they chop down a tree. Uh, they would burn part of the tree to cook their food, and then they take some part of the remains and carve it into an idol, you know, like maybe with a face or something like that on it, and, and then they bow down before it and worship it as a god. You know, that has nothing to do with a Christmas tree and decorating it with baubles and lights and putting a star on the top and Christians will put a star on the top to represent the star of Bethlehem that led people to the baby Jesus you know, the, the wise men there and so Christians aren't bowing before a tree and that has nothing to do with Isaiah chapter 44 so what about Santa Claus <laughs> like so growing up how how did your family think about Santa Claus and <laughs> Who's Santa Claus? Who's oh, Santa Claus? Well, <laughs> yeah. you know, okay, I mean, what we think of today as the old guy with the white beard and the red outfit who rides around in a sleigh, pulled by reindeer, delivering gifts, going down to the chimneys and delivering gifts for kids, and eats cookies that are set out for him. <laughs> so, <laughs> growing up, uh, how did your traditions uh, deal with Santa Claus? <laughs> Yeah, we were never, like, we were taught eventually the story about St. Nicholas, Mm. 
But other than that, we didn't like really, Hmm. I mean, we were told about Santa Claus because of course we would hear about him from other friends and stuff, but we knew that he wasn't the reason that we would get gifts under the tree and all the stuff that they try to portray was not true. And Mm. we focused on what we were celebrating at Mm. Christmas and that was Jesus' birth. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And same here when I was growing up as a kid, there was never a time where I believed in Santa Claus and my parents made sure of that. They never taught it to me. So I remember being a little kid and of course other kids believed Santa Claus exists and I would just shoot them down and say, no, Santa Claus doesn't exist. And I remember one kid in school where he claimed that he wrote a letter to Santa Claus in the North Pole and he got this um, golden Santa back from him and that was his proof that Santa Claus existed. (laughs) But yeah, I remember that. And But there was never a time where I believed in Santa Claus. Now, like once my parents made certain that I did not believe in Santa Claus, then it was like, okay, you know, we can watch cartoons about Santa Claus. We could even be silly. And when we write the to and from on the tag, you know, we could write from Santa Claus, knowing it's just intended as a joke, stuff like that. We could have ornaments on the tree that look like Santa Claus and stuff because we all know this is a made-up, a non-existent character, you know? So that's what I say. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with people decorating, you know, for Christmas and having cartoon or pictures or ornaments of Santa Claus as long as they don't believe that there's a guy in a red suit who lives at the North Pole. (laughs) Perhaps you don't know that what we know as Santa Claus originally came from an an actual historical figure who's called Saint Nicholas you know, which, you know, you've heard of St. Nick or St. Nicholas. This St. Nicholas was an actual historical Christian figure who was Nicholas Bishop of Mira, and he lived in the 4th century, from the late 3rd century through the mid-4th century. And, yeah, he was an actual bishop in the (laughs) church along with other bishops. Now, there have been lots of embellishment over time in traditions like that he perform different miracles and stuff like that, which I think were, you know, embellishments of history. But there is the idea, a later uh, developed idea that he was at the Council of Nicaea. And I did talk about this in an earlier episode on the episodes is Jesus like Thor, you know, or talked about the Arian controversy. And I mentioned St. Nicholas there possibly being at the Council of Nicaea. And then it's written of him that he slapped an Arian and that changed eventually to being Arius himself. (laughs) So the story is that, you know, Nicholas was a stringent defender of the doctrine of the Trinity. And I think it's supposed to be at the first session at the Council of Nicaea where Arius is giving his first uh, kind of defense of his teaching. And as Nicholas heard him say things that was heretical, at some point he just got so frustrated the blasphemy that he kind of marched up to Arius and slapped his face (laughs) and then Constantine you know consider that out of line like Constantine wasn't a theologian so 
Arius, Nicholas, what's the difference? They're all bishops of the church. So he's Constantine's like, okay, you know, how dare you deface a bishop there? So he t- stripped him of his robe and threw him in the dungeon. And then according to embellished tradition, Jesus and the Virgin Mary, you know, visited him well in the dungeon and mentioned that he's serving him and miraculously released him, kind of like Peter, you know. But there's other ideas of him working miracles. But the actual historical Saint Nicholas was known also for secretly delivering gifts to poor families, and that's how the tradition of Santa Claus delivering gifts came from the actual historical figure of Saint Nicholas. So <laughs> there, I don't think there were any reindeer involved or, you know, he didn't wear a red suit, but, you know, hey, there is historically some elements of Christianity to Santa Claus. <laughs> and, and for the Orthodox idea of who Jesus was, too. <laughs> so I think another interesting tradition is gift giving. Oh, yeah just kind of going off of <laughs> the St. Nicholas story yeah. as well because like, I know our kids have asked me this recently too why do we get gifts mm. at Christmas yeah. and I was explaining to them that that's a way of remembering that Jesus was our gift from God and mm. yeah. also like the gifts that the wise men brought to Jesus at mm. not at his birth but oh yeah at some point in his toddlerhood. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it could have been anywhere from six months to two years later, you know. Yeah, so it's just kind of one of my pet peeves about Christmas and gifts is that, <laughs> I mean, it's fun, of course, and especially as parents, like watching our kids get excited and open gifts, but also like teaching our kids to think of other people as well. Yeah. And so one of our Christmas traditions for our family is baking um, a bunch of goodies and mm-hmm. making little gift bags to bring to our neighbors or to our friends and stuff to just remember that it's a time of actually giving and not always about getting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Especially sure. with young kids, that can be a little <laughs> bit challenging, but I think that it's just a good reminder that God gave his only son mm-hmm. for us, yeah. and that's why we are celebrating this season. Yeah, even it's right there in John 3.16, you know, God so loved the world that he gave, in other words, gift, (laughs) his only begotten son. And when did he give him? At his birth. And so that's what Christmas is celebrating, the the gift of God. You know, even have Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So (laughs) there's reasons to celebrate gift giving at Christmas to reflect. Yeah, you mentioned the wise men giving gifts to the young child Jesus, gold, frankincense, myrrh. And so, yeah, a lot of things associated with the nativity that give us a reason to give and share gifts on when celebrating christmas so So do you think traditions are good or bad (laughs) it's kind of a blanket or you know (laughs) question there you know because it's like they could be good or could be bad but in general just because something is a tradition doesn't mean it has to be good or bad you know i say like with the apostle paul one person celebrates one day of another the apostle paul didn't seem to be against traditions as long as you have the tradition before god in faith 
The Apostle Paul mentions in Romans 14, verse 23, he says at the end of the verse, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. So on the flip side of that, you know, if you can do it in faith, that's what makes it good. If it's not according to faith, you know, if, say, someone were to take any of the Christmas traditions as something that they worshipped those traditions or they worshipped other things, idols, through those traditions, then that would be bad. So when it comes to Christmas, I like to give a lot of liberty for people to celebrate it in many different ways, whether they decorate or don't decorate, whether they have a tree or don't have a tree, whether they listen to music or not, whether they celebrate Christmas or not, as long as you're celebrating it in a way that would reflect faith toward God and the truth about Jesus Christ, that's what would make it good. You know, if someone celebrated Christmas in a way that would look like Halloween or something, you know, like, I I would have to question that, but (laughs) if someone were, like, burning a lot of incense and doing things that looked like idolatry, then I would say that would be bad. (laughs) So, do you think, in conclusion, we could say that with traditions, we could weigh it against, like, God's law and say, okay, does this tradition cause us to uh, worship a false idol or covet someone else's things or even I keep seeing all these posts come up on my phone alert system of these um, porch thieves, like stealing packages off of people's porches. Like, okay, is the tradition of getting your giving gifts, like causing people to even steal or lie, then it's not a good tradition if that's what's going on but if the traditions are like helping you to reflect on God's goodness and his mercy and helping you to be thankful and gracious to others kind to others then those are probably good traditions yeah good thought there and Romans 14 okay so I mentioned verse 23 so in verse 21 the apostle Paul says it is good neither to eat flesh nor to drink wine nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth or is offended or is made weak one thing that would make Christmas traditions bad is if say someone else by your traditions were offended or they could not in good conscience you know be around it or you know whatever like that so say you're living with someone who believes that celebrating christmas in any way is bad you know so rather than saying you know well you need to stick up for yourself and rub it in their face like no you know that's not the christian thing like hey you know if it would cause your brother to stumble the good christian thing to do would be not to celebrate christmas around that person you know christians should not be about forcing people to endure things that they feel are wrong you know so <laughs> that would be one way in which a, a, a tradition would not be a good thing but you know christian liberty where applicable but if it would cause someone to stumble or offend people if they can't do something in good conscience then your conscience would tell you you know treat people with respect dealing with their strengths and weaknesses and you know (laughs) 
So I think I have just uh, two verses kind of to wrap up the idea of Christmas traditions that I like from Luke chapter 2, which is a classic Christmas passage that people often read uh, for the Christmas story. But particularly verses 18 and 19, it mentions... And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. So the shepherds uh, you know, saw Jesus after the angel told them. But verse 19, it says, But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. <laughs> I like that verse. And when it comes to Christmas traditions, if you can keep those things and ponder them in your heart, whatever the Christmas tradition, if it helps you to reflect on, you know, the meaning of it and Jesus Christ, then keep those things and ponder them in your heart. <laughs> Be like Mary. <laughs> Well, I hope you enjoyed our little discussion there on Christmas traditions. And I hope that, you know, if you had any doubts about Christmas or how to handle it, that uh, our discussion here just helped you, whether it challenged you or gave you a little peace about Christmas, then take them to heart and ponder them in your heart. And stay tuned for the next episode of Truth Espresso and the next episode of the, the Christmas season where we will talk about what really did Mary know you know we're gonna look at the uh, song Mary did you know at the lyrics of it and see what did she know likely and what likely did she not know so God bless Merry Christmas and Merry Christmas thank you for waking up with truth Espresso. Good morning, and God bless your day. Hey friends, Daniel Minnick here again. If you liked waking up to this episode of Truth Espresso, I would really appreciate it if you would rate it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or whatever application you use to listen to Truth Espresso. 